So, Nancy Bradley, (laughs) bright, shiny new president of the Canadian (laughs) Society of Dowsers of all of two weeks. How's that working out for you? Well, um, it's, uh, it's going to be an adventure, that's for sure. Hi, welcome to Adventures in Dowsing, podcast number 42 from the British Society of Dowsers. I'm Graham Gardner. In this episode, we have what you might call the ABC of dowsing for you, because I'm not very long back from the American Society of Dowsers Convention in Vermont, where for the first time ever, we think, we had the three presidents of the American, British and Canadian societies together in one place at one time. And to mark this special occasion, we had a special ceremony by a White Eagle, which was quite lovely. Uh, But before we get into any of that, I have a little bit of housekeeping to tell you. Um, Once again, I'm apologising for the long delay since the last podcast. I think we're just going to have to accept that I don't have as much time to do these as I would like, uh, but I'll still get one out uh, whenever possible. Uh, We also had a bit of a hiatus due to the launch of the new BSD website, which is now fully running and is looking absolutely great, I hope you'll agree. Um, but because the uh, the way the podcast is uh, is served onto iTunes with a new website, um, iTunes couldn't find the feed, so I had a bit of an issue with that. And without getting too technical, the easiest way to solve it was to uh, move the feed to a new server. So you can now find the podcast at adventuresindowsing.com. It's still the BSD podcast, and for the time being, uh, I will be mirroring the feed onto the BSD website as well. So if you're a new subscriber from the BSD site, that's absolutely fine. But if you're one of our older existing subscribers, then the feed uh, in iTunes should now be uh, working, and hopefully you'll get this episode. Um, if anybody doesn't get this episode, please let me know. Uh, you can email us at podcast at adventuresindowsing.com. So that's a new email address, podcast at adventuresindowsing.com. Uh, anyway, enough of uh, this chit-chat. Let's get on with the interviews. And the uh, first person that I talked to was the ASD's new operations manager, Blair Wilston. Uh, first time I'd met him, he wasn't there last year, and uh, we managed to find a quiet corner of the vendor's area where we sat down and I asked him how he was getting on in the new job. Blair Wilson, new operations manager for the American Society of Dancers. Hi Graham, how are you? Good to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, it's been a great convention so far. Uh, how's it been for you on this uh, last day? It's, it is winding down, but I feel the energy's been strong through the whole event. It's been pulling me from place to place and uh, interacting with just the right people at just the right times. Yeah. It's been magical. Yeah. So tell us how you got the job here, because you haven't been in in the post very long, have you? That's right. About seven months. Um, My wife found the article, just a real small little blip in a classified in the local newspaper right here. Nondescript, just said, non-profit, looking to grow, very few details, but her intuition told her this is the job for me. We didn't even know what it was. Okay. She's a, she's pretty sensitive like that. Is so. she a member? Of the society? Of the society? Not yet. Oh, We're, right. Okay. Yeah. She, okay. um, it, there was no mention of what it, of, of the group at all. It just said oh, I see. it was a nondescript classified ad. Right. National nonprofit looking to grow, you know, some office management skills required. So I applied blindly to that, and it ended up being ASD. So um, the interview was amazing, and it just the way pieces fall together for people that know and deal with energy and work with it, they, they lined up really well. Go Did ahead. you do any dowsing beforehand? Uh, I have dowsers in the family. 
Okay. My mother and my uncle on my father's side were dowsers, so I was aware of it, but uh, hadn't been anything I'd focused on up until this point in my life. Right. So, so uh, how's your dowsing coming along? <laughs> I practice in between the job, the performing of the job. It's uh, it's great because I'm surrounded by the best dowsers in the world, and I have access to that and all the materials in our bookstore. So I just try to choose a book and, and set a reading schedule and, and just keep learning while keeping that organization's goals moving forward. Yeah. Well, so what you're saying is in about 10 years you should be the guru. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we will all come bowing to you. I don't think so. I think I'll be a beginner the whole time, just like Terry Ross said that. He'd always introduce himself as a beginner. Yeah. yeah. We're also yeah. learning. Yeah. yeah. How's it been organizing the convention? I mean, it must be a big strain. Wow. It, yeah. it was, when I started in November, we were already doing it. So yeah. it's a six, seven month lead up to an event like this. Yeah. And I just had to ask lots and lots of questions as dowsers do. But this was specific organizational questions about how this all works. And without the institutional memory that came with it, because this is the 55th or 54th time yeah. this has been done, uh, we have some people that were very instrumental in plugging in some details for me. We worked great with the volunteer chairs and their committees, and so it was a, a huge effort on a lot of volunteers and kept the staff at the office just rolling. It was a rolling boil. So how many uh, volunteers do you have on the committee? It took about probably 60 or 65 people between room monitors and, and people on the committees and so it was a, quite an effort, coordinated effort. Yeah, it's a huge effort. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I like the way. Uh, I'm actually quite jealous of the way you guys uh, seek speakers, and that we all have to apply. And, you know, it's like you're applying for a job interview almost. Uh, sure. Whereas in Britain, we kind of do the opposite. We have to headhunt speakers. So, hmm. you know, uh, it's it's kind of interesting. But uh, the sort of balance you seem to end up with always seems to work kind of well. Yeah. It is. It's like you're you're applying to participate, um, and part of the reason we have to do that is otherwise there would be too many. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, we have to choose sixty or sixty-five speakers out of the the total number of applicants, and we yeah. start taking that months in advance. And it's again, it's such a well-established routine because we're such a, a well-established group. Um, we're not as old as the British Society of Dowsers, but this convention has been happening for so long that uh, people know and they'll plan years in advance to to attend, which is wonderful. Which puts, you know, the energy back into us immediately to start focusing on the next year and how we can improve. Mm-hmm. So always looking for feedback, and uh, I think that the, the momentum is just beginning with me and my position, and I'm coming to realize what I can in, and what I can do more of to, to help this, and I think next year will be even better. Okay, here's the big question. How do you think we can enhance links between the British, the American, and the Canadian societies? International links... First of all, we should exchange any materials that we publish, just an in-kind exchange. So, our, Are we already do that? We must. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I'm seen, sure we do that. I've seen some dowsing. Yeah. Well, we need to, well, then we'll need to continue that. <laughs> we'll need to make sure that that's not being uh, looked over. Um, obviously, you participating here is awesome. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we can get Sandy Mack to go over and participate in your... Well, we said this last year. Uh, well, you know, somebody should come over to conference and... And it didn't happen because Nathan left, I think. Mm-hmm. So that was the problem. So he was going to do it. But then, okay. Because yeah, I've, I've only fl- flown across the, the Atlantic one time for a trip in, in at, when I was here at school. 
uh, to London for a Shakespeare thing, and it was a it was a great time and made some good friends. So I think that putting me in these places as the as a point man and as you know representing ASD would be an amazing experience for everyone. I think you need to talk to your boss about that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if we can put it in the budget, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, It'd be great to have you come to, uh, to mm-hmm. our conference this year. Um, so aside from just physical, you know, visiting uh, each other as often as we can, I think uh, being referential, so referring each other uh, different things, and if there's uh, a media outlet that's interested in dowsing, we can say, hey, here are the other organizations. You guys have a great way on your website of linking all the other global groups. Um, and I'm, we're trying to emulate that on our website with uh, a way to, I think we're calling it Friends of ASD right now, loosely based on just different organizations, um, not specifically dowsing societies, but most we're hitting most of those and energy psychology groups and different things within that field just to try to create a, a greater sense of community which is what holds everyone together yeah and also having a Facebook page I find is really helpful because uh, you know there's quite often there's an article that will pop up on your site and I'll share it to the BSD site and happens the other way around as well yeah I think that the, my as I try to dedicate about 15 minutes a day when I sit down to just hammering out social media each day right? because it's one of those things it's got to be consistent content yeah. and uh, I would love to do more with uh, Twitter mentioning you guys bringing people conversations in on Twitter and Facebook um, so because it's free and uh, it gets people connected right right to their smartphone It'll, they'll, they'll get a notification right then that something's been yeah. brought up to their attention so it's it goes right to the individual without uh, too much expense yeah Great. Okay. Well, Blair, um, thanks very much it for was taking gr- it was great. five minutes out of your busy schedule <laughs> to talk to us. Not a problem, Green. It was wonderful to have you here, and I'm glad to speak. Hi, I'm David Franklin Farkas, and I do remote clearing of land, people, businesses, and all kinds of things that are having problems. You can listen to my radio show at thefarkasfiles.com. Farkas is F as in Frank, A-R-K-A-S as in Sam. And you're listening to Adventures in Dowsing, from the British Society of Dowsers. Okay, so thanks very much to uh, Blair Wilson there and David Franklin Farkas. And uh, before our next bit, let's just update you on the latest BSD news. So let me just tell you about our own conference, which is coming up uh, on the 5th to the 7th of September 2014, and that's going to be held in Kiel University uh, in the Midlands. So a new venue for us, and the date is a little bit earlier. Uh, we feel the venue is uh, great. It offers much better facilities uh, than, than we are used to. We have a wonderful large lecture theatre and uh, all the breakout rooms and the shop space and the bar and the catering are all in the same building under the same roof. So uh, there won't be the usual walking miles across campus to get from uh, one lecture to the next. Uh, so our keynote speakers this year, uh, first of all, we have Stephen Russell, uh, who's better known as the Barefoot Doctor and well-known television celebrity. He's going to be talking about dowsing, divining and the Taoist approach to mastering destiny. And he's also going to be doing a couple of workshops for us. Uh, we also have screenwriter Philippa Langley, who you may remember from the documentary series on uh, how they found the remains of Richard III uh, buried under a car park. And uh, Philippa was the person who uh, intuitively knew where that location was. So she's going to tell us that story and uh, whether it's actually dowsing or not. Uh, We think it is, but uh, remains to be seen what she thinks. And uh, our other Friday night speaker is going to be Dr. John Ward, 
who's an archaeologist and anthropologist who uh, stays in Luxor, Egypt, most of the time, and is conducting numerous investigations of ancient Egyptian architecture and symbolism, and he's also interested in the mysteries surrounding medieval Templarism. And uh, if you may have seen his picture online, he looks uh, a bit like Indiana Jones with dowsing rods, so I'm sure he's going to be very interesting. Uh, we also have uh, Alana Moore from Australia, who's talking about dowsing the Aboriginal sites in Australia. Uh, Alana's a semi-regular uh, guest with us, and she spends a lot of her time in Ireland now, so we're lucky to uh, catch her at the right time where she can actually attend conference. Uh, we have uh, the return of Gary Biltcliffe and Caroline Hoare, who are talking about the Grail Line and the Lost Kingdoms of the North. Uh, this is a new line that uh, they've been exploring. Now, we were hoping to get uh, Raymond Grace in a live video link from uh, America. Uh, Raymond's a very well-known water dowser, and we sell many of his DVDs in the shop. Um, unfortunately, Raymond is not going to be available at the time of conference now, as he's on the road. So he wouldn't be able to do the, the video link-up for the, the Q&A that we were hoping for. Uh, he, he has, however, recorded us a very special talk just for us uh, on DVD, and we'll be showing that at the conference at some point. Uh, in his place, we've found uh, Dr. Rasmus Berkerson from Europe, and Rasmus runs Dr. Masuru Emoto's European office. Uh, I'm sure you'll be familiar with Dr. Emoto's work with uh, water crystals and uh, microscopy, so Rasmus will be talking about that. And he will also be doing his own workshop on his system Sound of Soul, uh, which records heart rhythms and finds similarities between heart, r heart rhythms, particularly in people from the same family. So he sets these to music, and it's a rather interesting uh, experience. So I'm sure that's going to be quite enjoyable. Anyway, it's all looking great. I hope you can come and join us in Kiel. Uh, this will be our 81st year, so uh, do check out the website for more details and britishdowsers.org. See you there. So, um, Sandy Mack, President of the American Society. Uh, it's nice to have this time just to sit down, President to President. Thank you. And talk about the convention. So, uh, how's correct. it been? It's been an outstanding conference. We love it. We, these people have so much heart, and um, they're so sincere, I think, and well-meaning and eager. And I find dowsers as a whole are quite generous and willing to share information. They, they want to teach. They want to give. They want to show you. They want to inspire you. Uh, many other groups of even sometimes other energy workers and metaphysical people tend to be a bit, well, you have to buy my book or you must attend my workshop and I'll give you the secret stuff. But we just want to we want to give it to everybody, I think, as dowsers. Sure. Um, and how's, uh, what, tell me about your journey to get to be uh, president. What's your dowsing journey to get here? Well, I've been, um, I've been dowsing since the 70s. I had certainly heard about it as a child but didn't have an opportunity to be exposed to it very much. Um, I um, learned to douse in the 70s when I came back from living abroad in Malta. And then I, um, I had uh, the people at ASD asked me over a number of years, they said, well, you seem so inspired or committed that you, would you like to be a trustee? And I was like, no, no, I don't want to be a trustee. It's too much, too much work, and I've got elderly parents. And, and then uh, just a few years ago, my two best friends both doused. I said, well, they're asking me again to be president. And they both said, oh, yes, Spirit really wants you to be, not president, just a trustee. 
So I became a trustee, and and someone else was the president. And less than a year later, he was killed in a tragic accident. And so overnight, I became the president, yeah. which I didn't really plan on. So it was quite a jolting thing to get. Um, but because I have known many of these people, I've spoke at this conference for probably at least 20 to 25 years. I've only missed two. And I've, and I've been to most other of the conferences that we've had nationally, the Southwest, the Southeast, the, the ones in Texas, the West Coast. So I know many of the people, and, um, and that's, that's what's happened. And so then two years ago, I was elected to be the first woman president. Let's hear it exactly. for the ladies. Wait, hey. The first woman president, and I was unanimously elected. And then the other day, they, I said, I'm not sure if I can do it because I'm kind of running out of gas. It does take a lot out of you. Yeah. But I say that you get karma cookies for doing this because we, of course, don't get paid. You get yeah. karma cookies on the other side for yeah. giving time. And so they, uh, again, said, well, you're one of the people that can hold a larger vision. And so that's what I'm excited for you to be here with yeah. is because I have this vision of us all being connected at a bigger level and turning the entire planet on to dowsing. In fact, one of the people that I want to bring here um, to speak is, a, is an expert on exopolitics. So we would be talking about off-planet visitors as well. So I'd like to involve the solar system and the galaxy in learning how to douse, okay. not limited to the planet Earth. That would be interesting. Yes, yeah. why not? Yeah, yeah. so it's really great to be here. I've had a fantastic time meeting you all. Um, and I think it's good that we can make these connections between the two societies because, you know, communication between all the dowsing societies right. is definitely a good thing. Uh, it'd be great somehow if we could um, strengthen those links. I'm Absolutely, sure I'd like to do that. We've been in touch with the people uh, with the Korean Dowsing Association. In fact, they came a couple of years and made a oh, presentation. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the Korean people. Um, I was on a international webinar seminar thing and worked with a man from he was going to try to come I think he was from Thailand or something and he had only been introduced to rods so he didn't know anything about a pendulum but he's been teaching dowsing with dowsing rods over there Um, several people in Australia of course we've had other speakers from Australia and South Africa and when I was over to Johannesburg a couple years ago with Michael Tellinger then um, there were several people there that were dowsers as well. Mm. So I'd like to get much more going internationally. Yeah, yeah, we have uh, contact with quite a few international groups. We have a magazine exchange thing, but not many of us can read the languages. So, you know, some of them have nice pictures, but <laughs> that's, that's about as far good. as it that's goes, good. really. Yeah. Uh, and we have an international listing on our website of uh, international okay. groups. So occasionally we hear from them. But um, it's actually been really good here meeting so many people, like the, uh, the Italians and... Got a real international flavor. We're to this. we're creating a position on our board of trustees for someone to become a much more active international ambassador per se. Mm. Our the woman who was our formerly our executive secretary, Kate Whitefield, speaks several languages, travels extensively, and she said, "I would like to do this more at an international level." So we'll certainly coordinate to keep you in touch, and maybe you can get some kind of a position with some of your people, so that these people could maybe even have a sky phone call once a month or something and figure out what we can do so we could schedule conferences that don't conflict with each other. We can exchange speakers. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Maybe we could do some little webinar type things that we can get in each other's countries or exchange teaching materials or something. Yeah. I'd love to do that. It's becoming so much easier with the technology these days. Um, we ha- we yeah. have some connections with Mexico. I'm not bringing any names up immediately, but there are some people 
in uh, in Mexico and uh, Central America as well. Mm. Um, how do you cope with having such a large landmass and like chapters all over the place? I mean, it must be hard keeping in touch with everyone. This uh, organization was set up by the founders, who were really very philanthropic and very visionary uh, men at the time, uh, as a membership organization, and the chapters were set up as for the pleasure of the members. So we've got about 70-some chapters in many different states in the country. Some parts of the country are much more well-represented, like the Northeast, than other parts. But we're also, we have a system of regional vice presidents of about seven areas in the country. So they're sort of the laissons with the... with the chapters to the headquarters, although I try to keep an open-door policy. If anybody has a problem, please contact me directly. Call me at home if you need be or whatever, and I'll attend to it the best I can. But ideally, the chapters go through their presidents and then through the regional vice presidents and then their, then then, then through the vice presidents and then to, um, to yeah. all the way up. Yeah. Yeah, it's slightly easier for us in the UK because it's not such a large uh, area, yes, I guess. Yes. But, you know, I live up in Scotland. Um, right. I travel down to England for meetings a lot. Right. And we don't have many local groups in Scotland. Uh, Are you? It's something I've been trying to do. I've set up, a, there's one in Glasgow where I live, um, and I've tried to set up another two, but it's so far away from the main centre, people just don't really seem to want to connect, you know. Yes. So it is difficult keeping uh, keeping ties at such a great distance. Well, it's it varies a lot. You know, we had some people in Nebraska, and they would travel, you know, six, seven hours to go to the next state to be able to speak. But then mm. we've got some people in some cities, and they go, well, I want to have two chapters because I don't feel like driving across town. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it varies according to a lot of things. And I think, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, people were so hungry to be able to connect with anybody else of this nature that yeah. they would just... We had a directory, and we're going to be issuing a new one. And people would carry it everywhere. So if they were traveling to visit relatives in another part of the country, they'd look up that city or town, and they'd call a dowser. And because we're a sort of old wind family, they'd say, well, come and meet with us, or you're welcome to you know, sleep in our spare room or yeah. have a meal with us or whatever. Yeah. So even though we're bigger, you can see there is this whole family type yeah. In fact, that's what we've been saying with some of our new people. Welcome home. Welcome to the group of people that think like you do. And yeah. Uh, one of the comments you most often get from new people at these conferences, how welcoming everybody is and yes. how much like a family it is. Right, you know? right. Yeah. And some of that got lost for a while. So I'm really trying mm. to set it up that we have more personal. So if there's been a death in the family, we have a greeting committee that will send them some cards and contact them and special birthdays and special occasions. So I want them to have a sense of, even though it's big and expanded, a personal connection. You know, I'm, I'm for example, I'm, I'm insisting that we have written thank you notes to all of our vendors, our speakers, our um, keynote speakers, and, and the people that work in the wellness center. I want, he said, well, we'll send them an email. No, I said, I want a handwritten note and I want it. I want it sincere and of heart, speaking gratefully for mm. what they've contributed. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's really nice yeah. touch. Yeah. yeah. Well, it makes a difference. It makes people feel like, wow, they really noticed. They really cared. They appreciated me coming. Yeah. And if people feel appreciated, acknowledged, 
you know, they'll love you forever. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think of your range of uh, topics this year and the speakers? Have you managed to get to any talks? I would love to get to more. Yeah. I think we have a very big range. That's I huge. think we're uh, part of our goal is to help people understand that dowsing can be used in any of the area of their life. And I've got a much bigger idea of having little segments, uh, brochures that target and use the language of several areas, archaeology and anthropology, the trades, meaning the plumbers and the electricians and the cable people, mm-hmm. um, of the UFO and the paranormal community, which can include crop circles and all the rest of that. Um, so there's uh, the farming community, the organic food movement, the health and healing movement. I would love people that we call first responders, which are the first people on in an emergency, in a crisis or hazard or terrorist thing, the check, you know, the ambulance drivers and all that sort of thing. I'd like them all to, to be able to douse because yeah. if they have like those major hurricanes that hit the East Coast and they're going house to house to house, they could simply douse and go. Is there, is there someone alive in here that needs yeah. to be rescued? Is there a pet that needs to be, you know, recovered or something like that? what time it would save, how remarkable it would be. Yeah. And and I taught a class, in fact, on pendulum preparedness, I called it, in terms of how to have just a little bag ready in case there's a crisis coming and the people could douse. Is this hurricane going to make land? Do I need to evacuate with my family? How high is the maximum wind speed going to be? And is this water safe to drink? And these kind of simple, practical skills anyone can learn. Yeah. There are so many people in Britain uh, that we know that do dowsing. Mm-hmm. Like you find utilities engineers will have right. a pair of copper rods in the back door of the van, but they won't talk about it. They just get on with it. I know. So I want connecting. people yeah. to let it become a household word. Yeah. We have another woman that's working to try to create a series on dowsing, and she uh, is actually a friend of Raymond Grace, mm. and so she wants to do. Uh, you know, like one week on dowsing for water and one week on dowsing for clearing out disruptive energies, ghosts and such things, and one week on that. So she's she's uh, doing the, the pilot program, so to speak, for a whole TV series on nothing but dowsing. That would help a lot. As you know, we all have lots of stories of unbelievable confirmations yeah. of things that have been done and... and um, people that have been recovered and sites that have been discovered and amazing things that have occurred with them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Sandy, it's been nice spending uh, this short time with you. So thank, thank you, Graham. Thank you so much for talking and, to me. And um, hopefully can get back across the pond, hopefully before hopefully. too, too long, and yeah. go back to Scotland, the land of my ancestors. Well, there's so many people of Scots descent here. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's probably it. something in our genetic code, yeah, although yeah. I believe yeah. dowsing's been given to all indigenous cultures yeah, yeah. and um, yeah love to get back over well, there well it great to see you and uh, I hope to get back across here again please so, come please yeah. come next year I'm not sure if we're going to be here or we'll be someplace else as yeah. you know we're considering because we've almost outgrown this a bit but thank Sandy, you thank you once again thank you I am White Eagle um, Web Ski Magazine uh, from the shores of Atlantic Canada and uh, I am a dowser actually I am participating in the uh, ceremony tonight. Um, My wife and I are lifetime dowsers, and you are listening to Adventures in Dowsing from the British Society of Dowsers. Awesome. Megwitch. Megwitch, White Eagle. 
I mentioned earlier that the ABC of dowsing uh, were brought together here. That's the presidents of the American, British and Canadian societies, together with their sacred paddles, were gathered on stage in the closing ceremony by White Eagle. And uh, we affirmed our shared vision that the international societies should work closer together to try and spread the word about dowsing to a wider global audience. And uh, the one person we haven't heard from here is the president of the Canadian Society. So uh, here's my interview with Nancy Bradley. Nancy Bradley, (laughs) bright, shiny new president of the Canadian (laughs) Society of Dowsers of all of two weeks. How's that working out for you? Well, um, it's, uh, it's going to be an adventure, that's for sure, because things are changing very quickly in the world and dowsing is becoming more and more important um, in all its aspects, not just with the physical tools but with the internal tools as well um, there's so many people out there that need the support um, and the dowsing society it it encompasses everyone, there's no well if you don't do it this way or you don't do it that way it's, it's not a limited technique in that sense so it's inclusive so whatever modality um, you are involved with dowsing is an integral part of it and whether you're consciously aware of that or not it's an integral part of it and uh, so I look forward to I have a great board this year and uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed that everybody can hang in there for a year till our next year's convention which will be in May uh, 2015, the 22nd, 23rd, 24th. So if you're interested in coming, just keep an eye on our website, which is canadiandowsers.org. And um, yeah, it's it's going to be a good year, I think, for all the dowsing community uh, associations and organizations. Now, you guys um, have a sort of shorter uh, lifespan uh, as board members than we do. You only <laughs> tend to serve for one year, is that right? Um, we have elections every year. You can serve mm. up to six years in okay. a position, but the the feeling is, is that um, it allows for if people feel that it's too onerous, that they only have a, a one-year commitment. And uh, a lot of people do stay on for two or three years, so it's not un- unheard of. And some board members have, we just had one retire off after six years. So um, the executive positions tend to be a little shorter in duration because, of course, there's more time commitment in the executive board than at the member of large that are on the board. So that's the... Yeah, we tend to do uh, a, a nominal three-year term being due two terms. Right. Uh, unless you change positions. So I've been a trustee for 11 years now <laughs> and I'm in my sixth year as president uh, and I've still got some hair left, surprisingly. Although <laughs> <laughs> it's getting greyer. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trusting that won't be one of the side effects that I incur. Um, but uh, no, dowsing is... I've been dowsing... Oh, I guess uh, regularly since the very early 90s. So it's um, part, part of my life. It was part of my early life, but it wasn't something that, you know, you kind of, if you don't have the support, it, it drifts away. I mean, it's always tucked in there, that intuitiveness or that knowingness, but you don't have the support, so you don't always trust it. Yeah. And so when I got involved with, uh, and actually my first introduction was to the American Society of Dowsers, which is where we're at now, Um, I didn't realize that there was a Canadian Society of Dowsers. So it took me, I think, two years 
uh, to find somebody at ASD who said to me, well, why aren't you a member of the Canadian Society of Dowsers? And I'm like, uh, okay, that sounds good. So after that, then I did join and, and went pretty much every year um, to the Canadian Society of Dowsers up until about 2004. And then for a few years, I wasn't ever in the country around that time. But uh, now that I'm sort of settled in Ottawa, kind of, um, I stepped up to the plate more. And I think that's important that we do step up to the plate for the organization, the structure, so that it is there for people. I know people don't like to get involved with boards and the organization, but if we don't have it, then the, the, the organization isn't there to support people uh, like myself coming in and needing that um, support at the early stages of of feeling okay with it, not feeling weird or mm. different, or that it is a, a valuable component to our society, and it has been through centuries and centuries. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Now, you guys are a little different to uh, both the British and the American society in that you don't have a central office. That's correct. <laughs> We're very fluid. Yeah, does in that make Canada, it- you say. <laughs> Yes, our uh, we we're young, so and we find that it works. We move around. We our address can change, um, so we're very flexible. Our email address stays the same, so that's the one consistency we have. But yes, our our mailing address does change, so you always have to check the website to see where we are now. Um, and uh, we are actually starting to. Um, expand across. I mean, we are a national, but Canada is a big country, and um, it is challenging to be a national society in Canada, where our population base is is relatively small and it's very spread out. But um, you know, we do encourage groups. We have chapters. We have both associate and affiliated chapters. So we have ones that pay membership and ones that don't, but we still support each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, our website is uh, as best we can because we are all volunteers. We keep it up to date as best we can for the groups especially so that people can, if they're visiting Canada. um, Last year we had a, a couple visit from Pakistan. And he was a retired dowser for the Pakistani army. He was actually, that was his role, was to find water when they were out doing their thing, the army, you know, out in exercises or whatever to find water. And uh, he discovered, uh, and actually I think he's been to the British Society of Dowsers. He took some courses there, and he travels different places in the world now. He's retired, he and his wife, and they came to Canada because their son is here. And uh, so we hooked up, and he showed me some of the things that he does with his dowsing rods. And so, you know, you, you just don't know where that connection's going to take you. Yeah, it's great when you get that sense of global community when somebody just turns up. Yeah, and especially in countries where you, you, you don't think of it as using it. I mean, for our government to use it in, <laughs> in the Army and actually admit that they use a dowser, I yeah, mean, yeah. or in any department. Yeah. Well, we were trying, actually, because, you know, the British Society was founded by uh, Royal Engineers guys. Exactly. Uh, we were trying last year at conference to get somebody to come along and talk about that history, and they didn't know. They've oh. all forgotten. 
Right. You know, they right. were going through the archives. They couldn't find anything. We knew more about it than they did. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so, which is rather sad. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The Canadian Society of Dowsers was encouraged to form from the American Society of Dowsers. Harold McCoy, who's passed on, was one of the instigators, along with a few of the other, um, you know, standbys like Gary Skillen, who's passed away as well, and a few others. And, and so that was, um, that was back in the 80s. We didn't become incorporated in 2000, until 2001, um, which we were growing a lot more then, so and they wanted to, to bring it into more... Um, concrete business incorporated not-for-profit so you know all that kind of so for insurance purposes and all those wonderful things that you get into (laughs) (laughs) and then sometimes i think well we're our membership base is supporting the insurance companies (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah but anyway no it's um it's wonderful to to have that support. I can't stress that enough. So chapters, getting out to your chapters, um, you know, supporting your your local activities, and and putting on local activities, putting on a half day dowsing. You know, I find if you do by donation only, a you can get cheaper accommodations for your, especially in community centers and stuff like that. And actually, when we did, we've done three of them in the last couple of years for our chapter, um, we actually make money because we're, we're paying very low rent for the, the space and people um, realize the value of it and they, they donate, they give. And, uh, and we've always had mm, 30 to 40 people mm. come. So mm. that's really encouraging yeah. when you... Uh, you know, when you and I mean, Ottawa is not a big city. Even though it's the capital of Canada, <laughs> it's not a big city. So you know, it's it's it says a lot. And there's there's also a lot of other activities on the go. So it's not like we were even 20 years ago, where there wasn't a lot of other events going on that supported the intuitiveness. You know, that there were psychic fairs, yes, but there's not a lot. It, it's a different venue. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a different, um, and it's, it's, it's a different um, uh, clientele that go to those as well. Exactly, they don't really associate dowsing with all that stuff, right? Which is a big problem, I find. Yes, yeah, yes, but, yes, yeah. yeah. And and not only that, it's easier to teach somebody how to douse than it is to draw on those other skills of clairvoyance well, exactly. or clairaudience yeah. or all yeah. of those things. But dowsing, anyone. Yeah. Anyone can learn dowsing. Yeah, and dowsing is the first step to developing those those abilities. Yep. Or helping you to recognize that maybe the ability you have is similar to dowsing and it's okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's okay. I'm not often left field somewhere and or fit in with maybe your perception of what that means. Yeah. So it, it helps to broaden out the perception, you know, broaden out beliefs and and really helps to establish that energy follows thought intention and focus you know it's just whatever modality you're in yeah those are the keys yeah you know it's just um it's that simple it's not easy but it's that simple yeah it's a brain training tool (sighs) yeah Yes, yeah. yes. 
<laughs> and and maybe we don't always feel comfortable with retraining our brain. <laughs> we figure once we've learned something, why do we have to learn something different? Like, can't they get it right the first time? But we are, I think the hardest thing in our training uh, is to shift from is the fact we're a process and not a product because all our training and our education is producing products and we do that transference that somehow or other we're a product that we'll get our education we'll be finished we'll get a job we'll be finished we'll be you know th this kind of and so when somebody says you know well maybe you need to learn this it's like I've done I've I've done my learning. I've done my, you know, I don't want to do anymore. I've I've done it. You know, isn't that what they said that I just have to, you know, get my education and I'm done. Yeah. And uh so it's it's um changing that perception that we're we're always need to be learning to keep those gray cells giving them something different yeah. to do. Something different to think about, challenge them, otherwise they get sluggish. Yeah, and so many people come to dowsing in later life because, you know, they've done the marriage, the career, the kids, the home. They're going, well, okay, what else is there in life? You know, so. <laughs> well, and because it gives you a time to, to actually pause. It's not that you can't pause during those other time periods, but it's, it's like I think that's part of the, of the longing that we think needs to be addressed with having activity, more stuff, more involvement in this and that rather than stepping back and being quiet because that's not part of our training either yeah. to to be i mean if the churches or religion you know focus more on being quiet rather than hammering in dogma you know um to get a, a moment of silence in church is like people start to fidget people start to oh. move you know you, you have to be like so it's not part of our um, that was one of the interesting things that uh, I saw in my travels in some of the, the um, schools, especially in India, that they actually have meditation, you know, for 20 minutes with the kids mm. first thing in the morning. It's, it's yeah. quiet. They meditate. And um, it's, it helps with their day, you know. And we just don't take that time to say, you know, all this stuff we're doing isn't filling that emptiness, isn't dealing with that connection to spirit, to mm. consciousness, to learning more about our connection to consciousness. You know? Tell me more about your travels to India. What brought you out here? <laughs> um, I spent from, well, actually from 99 until 2007 uh, using dowsing to see where I needed to be. And in... 99, I moved from Ontario to Newfoundland through dowsing. Didn't know a soul. Um, I wanted to experience a different country, and that's what my dowsing brought up. Well, for anybody that doesn't know, Newfoundland used to be an, its own country until 1949. Mm -hmm. And they have kind of a different culture, mm -hmm. which is wonderful. But I thought I was going to be there forever. Two years that was it. I, I basically got down to a backpack, and so for the next year, that's how, next those years I traveled. I went originally to volunteer at a children's home through Child Haven, and I spent three months there and did some tra a little bit of traveling, uh, and then I spent three months down in uh, Tiruvannamalai, um, which is um, Arunachala, the, the mountain of, of Shiva. And that was amazing. Um, I visited Pondicherry and, and um, uh, Oroville, 
But it was, um, I ended up going to see this one, um, she didn't even like the term guru. Um, and um, I had done a lot of meditating for those three months, and it was getting near my time. And the universe was pushing me on to China, and I did not want to go to China. I figured I didn't like the po- politics of China, and it was kind of like... So on my way to see her for one of the last times, um, I'm walking, and I said, I really need some answers about what's happening. And, and, I, and I said, you know, if she tells me to go and meditate on the mountain one more time I will be not happy so we're sitting chatting just the initial and I said to her so you know I'm I'm at this point and she looked at me and she said well she said you know everything you need to know you just need to go and meditate on the mountain and I'm like (laughs) ah thank you Which I did, um, and knew that I needed to go to China, and everything fell into place. So I ended up there for for a few weeks just to meet someone to teach them dowsing and to teach them some meditation techniques, and that was it. And yeah, Ooh. so so yeah, it's it's been an interesting time using using those tools um, to see where I need to be, and and I use it in my daily practice. I yeah. do um, saliva testing. Because you can do that wherever with the witness and, mm-hmm. and help people with their... And there's always new ways of helping people in the sense of using intention and focus. So that's, that's coming to conventions. You see that. You know, sure. you learn yeah. that from how people... And you see the interconnections. And um, in the Canadian Society of Dowsers, we had a chap talking about emotional release and how to do emotional release. And then here, of course, we had um, Dr. Brad Nelson talk about emotional release is the key. And we know in dowsing that you have to step away from the emotional attachment to the answer. And how do you do that? And and how do you keep stepping back? And and what what do you need to put in place to do that? Because the emotions are so strong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Now, do you guys uh, have any sort of training program that you run? No. Um, we used to um, have a, a, a dowsing school at the convention. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, uh, two of our main teachers passed away. And no one has taken up the call again. So this is one of our goals this year is to get back to. Yeah. But also, not just at convention time, but we have 15 groups, chapters out there, is to encourage them to at least once or twice a year to hold a dowsing school. And if they need people to come in and help them with it, great. But to really get it out into the the bigger picture rather than just at convention time. Um, I mean, here at ASD, they have a bigger membership base to draw from. And obviously people will take a week off to come. Um, because of all the things that are going on, but even looking around, it's it's a lot of people that are retiring and getting that have more flexible time. Yeah. And um, but what was interesting is that they did have a children's program this year. Yeah, and, that was great. Uh, and it, and yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. So it's it's something we're looking at. How can we get it into the schools, yeah. into the school system, to like a club, a dowsing club, mm. you know, to see how that would would work but again it takes volunteers it takes people who are willing to make that commitment either once a week or once a month 
and and do it. Same yeah. as the chapters, you know. Yeah. And it's really difficult keeping in touch with all your separate chapters when you're relying on volunteers to go and do that. And, and we find this in Britain. You know, we have about 40 uh, mm-hmm. local groups. Um, and just getting somebody out there to keep in touch with them and say, how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's really difficult when you're running with a small core of volunteers. Um, so I imagine it must be much harder for you with the broader geographic um, area <laughs> that you have to cover. <laughs> yes. Um, again, it's the, it's the same thing. Is um, I know one of our um, group leaders wants to um, hand over, and you know, trying to find someone um, looking for seasoned dowsers. We call them seasoned rather than master dowsers because they're just got some seasons under their yeah. belt. And so I think it's less intimidating too for yeah. for newcomers. Yeah. They're They've they've maybe had three or four years under their belt, at least, you know, kind of thing. But I find just affording the venue and encouraging even new dowsers to get up and talk about their experiences helps to build that confidence and show that we're still all learning. That, yeah, we are going to have those doubts every now and then, but, you know, it's just that vulnerability part coming out that we need to soften down and kind of say it's okay we'll be okay we just need to have a little bit more input from others and say oh yeah okay you know it's like anything else when we learn something new we have to practice it yeah and and be around people that are doing it um because it it when two or more are gathered it's stronger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even though we talk, we're all connected, energy, we're energy beings, we're all connected, but we're still, we have this physical connection too, and that's important to, to do, to connect to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great having uh, you and myself here at the American Society. Oh, yeah, I we know. We ABC of the <laughs> Society. It's, uh, it's wonderful. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think it's really important that we reinforce those connections and see how we can share and, you know, maybe do things a little differently. So. Yeah, and and building that connection. I mean, yeah. we're we're looking at just having an e-journal. We can't, we can't afford to put out a hard copy journal anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's just... We, we just don't have the membership base to at this point. Even though we we're, we've grown from last year, um, we've our membership's grown, but still, um, a large chunk of that goes to insurance. Believe it or not, I don't yeah. know if you find that with your organization, but you know it it does take a, a big chunk out of your your operating budget. Sure, yeah, and uh, you know so, and we we really. Uh, attempt to have our board members claim their expenses so that even though they want to donate it back, that's fine, but to actually claim it so that our members can see what it actually costs Uh to have an organization operating. And like, not always looking at what do I get, but what can I give? You know, how can I give? If I can't give money, time you know one of the things that was really interesting at our at our we had 40 some odd members at our convention which is you know i mean we're small (laughs) (laughs) but of those 40 we asked for an auditor which takes about two hours in january Hmm. we're still looking for an auditor 
Nobody stepped up. Nobody stepped up. And I, I, didn't, I, I didn't have the foresight to do what I saw Sandy do. And now the next time I do is get the pendulum out and say, oh, I think there's somebody over here that uh, would really be good at this job. <laughs> and, you know, she got everything filled and she got things done. So it gave me a little bit of, uh, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to work on that one. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but yeah. we did start an ambassador program, so encouraging some of our seasoned dowsers to wherever they are to hand out business cards. We're going to ha- we're redesigning our pamphlet so they can hand those out to encourage people to just be aware that there is a Canadian Society of Dowsers and that, you know, you can be part of it and, uh, you know, how to, how to give back so that you can be part of and go to conventions and go to chapters and, you know, do all that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um... It's not about growing away from your, your dowsing connections. It's about growing into it. Yeah. And encouraging new people so you have new ideas and new, you know, what are you looking for? You know? Do you have an online membership category? Uh, no, it's just a membership. It's just a membership, Actually, yeah. we're looking at once we go to an e-journal where we have very little or non-existent mailing costs, basically, is we'll probably have one membership yeah, effectively, that will be an online membership. Yes. Yeah, we've yep. just started doing that. Yeah. Um, we're going to produce the, the journal as an e-journal as well. Ah, okay, So yes. you get a cheaper rate if you just want the uh, the, yeah. the PDF. You know. yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's what we're, uh, yeah. um, you know, we looked at the, you know, we have international and, and, and all this, and it's like, well... We're not mailing anything anymore. Yeah. So, so the cost you get a, So what it is now is getting our computer system to set up that so it's tied to the membership. So your membership number will allow you to get in and have access yeah. to your... Yeah. That's yeah. the trick. Yeah, we've just yeah. done that. It costs yeah. a lot of money, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll make it back. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's... And then to be able to extend that to the other dowsing societies because we still yeah. do get stuff from other you know we get their their newsletters and yeah. and digests and that but it's um and part of that would be that if somebody we have six people that on our mailing list that don't have email addresses so we can cover that, you know, to That's mail good. them out something. Yeah, we, we have over a hundred given their email addresses. You know, so. and and these people just don't have an email address. Yeah. They just don't. They send their checks in to register for their membership. You know, for convention, they pay at the door with yeah. their. You know, they'll email me and say we're coming, but we'll pay at the door, which is fine. But yeah, we have we only have a few. And this year, which was really interesting, we had no early bird. But I, but ninety nine percent of everybody registered online. Yeah, which was great because it didn't tie up the front too long for registration. Sure, yeah. So that yeah. people were already it was just you're in. Yeah, and it was like, is this it? That's it. You got your name tag. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and also, you know, it cuts down the uh, administration tremendously, you know, because the oh. website's doing it all. It's sending automated emails back to people. And, you know. and our treasurer just transfers yeah. from PayPal to, yeah. to uh, yeah. our bank account, and it all jives, and yeah. it's just... It's great that it, technology is finally working for us. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. But every now and then I print off a hard copy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, just just to be, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, our first uh, online membership was a Canadian. 
There you go. So, yeah, yeah. So um, how much crossover do you have with the Questors that are there over on the, the other coast? Yeah, well, at one time we put out a joint journal. Oh, right. Okay. And then I am i don't know the history of it, but apparently um, I guess they felt that in, um, was affecting their image or how that they felt they were getting lost in the CSD, so that ended. Um, but interestingly enough, we just had the uh, Edmonton Dowsers group join, and they're a member of both now, of Questers oh, and yeah. CSD. Yeah. So that's nice. Oh, that's good, yeah. Yeah, so that's my, I mean, I'd, I'd like, I'm going to, I mean, after only two weeks, there's this list of things on my to-do <laughs> list that, you know, my little brain is going on, is to, you know, make contact with all the different uh, societies out there and say, you know, this is where we're at um, and this is where we're going to go and that you will get an automatic membership number that you will always have access to our e-journals but that's our way of extending to the societies across the world um, and you know that kind of of um, at least cooperation on, on that part and I'd like to see I mean we are a small group I'd like to see some kind of connection maybe to some of the other societies that have major projects that are that we can encourage our members to tap into mm -hmm. because until we find one of our own i mean there's there's water for humanity for asd now you guys have, we have uh, village water you have village water we also support water for life out in india so, right yeah. yeah so you know how can we as a small group because to start our own, possibly, it takes more volunteers, yeah. and we don't have a large base, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and and we don't have a headquarters. I mean, yeah. you guys, in, you know, American and British, you've been around a long time, um, and those things were established when things were easier to establish yeah. that. Yeah. Actually, so. we don't... Uh, Village Water is kind of a separate charity now. Right. Uh, they got too big for us. Ah. <laughs> they were taking too much time uh, in right. administration. So uh, they got their own fundraiser director, and they're doing really well now. Oh, very and we good. Still, we still collect for them. Right, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. And, well, I, th I believe uh, Water for, Huma for Humanity is a separate... Yeah. Like, it's a, it's yeah. a charity for, uh, yeah. for donating and stuff as well with ASD. But... Um, yeah, one of, like I said, one of the things we're looking at is how to get into the um, school system. Yeah. And, you know, to start dowsing clubs. Yeah. But like I said, it, it that takes takes people. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have a few, a few people that, um, I know we have one gal, she has three chapters that she looks after. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, it, and they're not all close together. <laughs> um, from where she lives in North York, she's traveling to, well, in North York, Barrie and Peterborough. And Barrie is probably an hour, and Peterborough is two hours mm. away for her to run those groups. Mm. So, you know, we do have people that really want to get it out there, but we need more. Yeah. We yeah. always need more. We always need more. Yes. So. <laughs> so step up to the plate. <laughs> In all countries, step up to the plate and see what you can do for your society, for your chapter, for your own practice. And it is a practice, okay? Like everything we're doing is a practice for the next stage in our living. It's a practice. We haven't got it down pat. I don't think we ever will. 
because we're a process. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, let's leave it there. Sounds uh, good. Nancy, all the best in your presidency. <laughs> Thank you. I wish you all good things and yes. you know, look forward to uh, keeping in touch with you. For sure. And I'm sure that you will do well in whatever you choose after presidency <laughs> of the British Society of Dowsers. And I wish you well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, my thanks once again to Blair Wilson, Sandy Mack, Nancy Bradley, and uh, David Franklin Farkas and White Eagle for their contributions to this episode. Adventures in Dowsing comes from the British Society of Dowsers in Hanley Swan, England. Uh, for more details about the society, uh, to see how we can help you get the most out of your own dowsing, please see our website at britishdowsers.org. Now, if you have any comments about the show that you would like to share, you can contact me by sending an email to podcast at adventuresindowsing.com. Remember, that's a new email address. Uh, You can also check out the BSD forum and find us on Facebook, YouTube, and even Twitter. Yes, we're twits these days. So uh, thank you for listening. Many thanks to Hilary Brooks, Ian Pegler, and Not For Pussies for the music. And be sure to join me next time for more Adventures in Dowsing. (laughs) 